Welcome, everyone, to Ice Prep Podcast. Hard to believe we are already on episode five. November is almost come and gone already. How's it going, Pat? It's kind of fun right now for us, at least, looking out the window. Uh, it's a bit of a snow squall here as we record on a Friday afternoon. Yeah, it's uh, it's kind of nice to, to see winter coming in. I'm a big fan of winter. I like the snow. Uh, I've always been kind of a snow fan. Maybe it's because I'm born in December. That's what I'm going to just blame it on. So that's the the thing with November. You're taking part in November this year. I'm not just because I think my wife would leave me if she ever saw me without a beard. But November going on for you. We, we linked to it last week. We'll link to it again in uh, the description for this. But you're not the only one. There's a few NHL players and one in particular that a lot of listeners may know. He's been kind of famous for this mustache now since last season is Austin Matthews taking a big part in it this year. Yeah, actually, um, in the All or Nothing uh, series, when, when they were talking to him, uh, to his, his family about it, uh, I actually kind of gained a, a little bit of respect of the stash. Um, the fact that he, he really saw it as like part of his heritage uh being half mexican i i just i don't know i was just like that's actually really sweet um that he was he saw it as something that he could do to kind of represent something along the lines of that and i was like that's that's pretty cool and so for the fact that uh, he said that if he raised a hundred and thirty four thousand dollars he would shave it off for november um not only did he hit that um which is amazing um, but like, that's a big deal for him. Cause that's something that's important to him. So, you know, it's, it's pretty cool. It would, it like both sides of it, both him shaving it and, uh, the story behind it just, you know, gives me a lot more respect for the guy. And it's nice that after all these years of Movember, cause I can remember when it first started, it was this big thing. Like if you went anywhere, probably every third or fourth guy you would see would have a mustache. Everybody knew it's kind of tapered off over the last little bit, but then you get things like this, obviously, outside of the hockey world. Nobody would really know, but it, it's it's always great to see when you get players, especially superstars. You've got the uh, Rocket Richard winner who is uh, spearheading this for the NHL this year, so that is awesome. You're also taking part, as I said. We'll get that link in the description as we get towards the end of November. Um, by the time this airs, or by the time you hear it, uh, you will have done something uh, I would never do as a part of your Movember stuff. <laughs> I would never do this, ever. Yeah, so um, a good friend of mine uh, through work, uh, he has convinced me to join him in his hot pepper eating. Uh, so actually this year I grew in my little tiny vegetable garden some Carolina Reapers. Now for those that don't know, Carolina Reapers are currently, I know there's other peppers out there, but currently the hottest peppers in the world that you can just quickly and easily grow um, a jalapeno for example um, on the scoville level which is the way that they rank the heat is about a thousand scovilles so that's a jalapeno a carolina reaper starts at about two million so <laughs> imagine eating i don't know i'm not good at math but that amount of jalapeno peppers Times 2,000, I believe, would be the number. Yeah, and sure, I, math. Jalapenos, I'm like, I'm good. I, I, nah. I think I would struggle <laughs> watching you do this because I would I would start to gag just being like, nope, can't do it. Even if, if I caught a whiff of it, I'd probably be out for a week. Well, actually, I made some hot sauce out of it, uh, out of the Reapers that I had in uh, my backyard, and I had to grill them 
or like you have to cook them before you can make a sauce out of them. So uh, after reading a whole bunch of instructions, there was a lot of caution signs um, in those <laughs> really, really long, you know, when you're looking for a recipe and it's just like they're telling you about like their time when they lived in, you know, Czechoslovakia and it was war torn and they just talked about things for about 72 hours long and you just needed the three ingredient recipe. Um, so while I was going through those, um, all of them said caution, you can't do this inside. You have to do this outside or you need like box fans blowing all the air out a window right in front of it was the smell even outside i was coughing for about two days these <sighs> things are just unbelievably powerful i'm pretty afraid uh but it is for a good cause so i am going to be live streaming it um so it would have already passed but um yeah so on the friday night i'm going to be live streaming it and people can donate uh it all goes to november uh i'm putting my body on the line for it. Uh, Brian, unfortunately, has had to look at this really hacked up looking face with a mustache. I, I haven't had right a now. It, I gotta say, right now though, you kind of look like you've got the uh, the Matthew stash going on. Yes, it took. Uh, well, it took a month. I actually shaved my mustache off a couple days early for some Halloween things. Um, so it took a month to come in, um, and it's just a little bit more full than a teen stash. So it's, it's not good. And I apologize to every single person that's had to look at my face via Zoom or in person because it is, it well, is and not it, a It throws sight. people off too because some, uh, some inside hockey here is that Pat also is just gray. His hair is gray and then down <laughs> from there, it's just, it's, it's normal colored. So baby face with the black Austin Matthews mustache and gray hair. There's your visual for the week. Yeah, it's. It's something. Uh, for Halloween, everyone <laughs> joked that I didn't need, even need to wear a costume because I just went as the Snapchat filter of the baby. Um, and then <laughs> you slap a gray wig on it, and it is confusing. Uh, so thankfully, my wife hasn't left me. Um, I was pretty certain she would. I mean, I would leave me. Uh, but... <laughs> No, uh, so I'm really excited to not have just a mustache any longer, but also uh, I have a pretty lofty goal. If I hit my goal, I'm going to be getting a tattoo to commemorate things too. So I'm really looking forward to uh, getting my beard back. So anybody out there who is listening to this and you want to donate to Pat, as I said, we'll put that link in the description for the podcast once again. So thank you in advance to anybody who does donate to pat and thank you to everybody who has already and one last thing before we switch off a topic of my weird looking face the one thing that nobody prepared me for when it came to november is that my phone does not recognize my face that well anymore <laughs> it is a challenge to unlock my phone uh in any situation so that is something if you decide you're gonna do november i would recommend maybe resetting up the the face scan um, that's also why I haven't gotten my, uh, my passport photo cause I need to redo my passport, but I, I don't want this as the face that's on it. I don't want this for seven years looking back at me. That might be the best first world problem I've heard all day. My, my phone can't recognize my face because I've got a mustache because I'm raising money for charity. Like <laughs> what a weird world. So yes, to, to circle back. Big players like Matthews have been helping with this. I can remember years ago you had personalities like Jay and Dan on TSN. They had some of the 
craziest one. There's a lot of hockey analysts this year, if you've been watching, that have them. So it's it's good to see. I'm glad that it's still trucking along strong. But we're going to shift from talking about mustaches um, to something that, well, I'm wearing my devil's hat. I almost always wear my devil's hat. I've been wearing jerseys for almost all of these recordings. I'm not wearing one today. and There's no rhyme or reason for it. But I do want to talk about the New Jersey, New Jersey, Jersey. Does that's, that make sense? That's a that's a mouthful and confusing. It's like the Buffalo, Buffalo, Buffalo situation. <laughs> so for those that don't know, New Jersey has never had a third alternate jersey. So the, the New Jersey Devils, so New Jersey, has a New Jersey, but on it, it only says Jersey. So it's the New Jersey, New Jersey, Jersey. Make sense? Yeah, the jersey doesn't make sense, but that logic makes sense. I'm still so torn about the jersey. If you haven't seen it, basically all black, which is what fans have been asking for for a long time. It has a bunch of white stripes on it. The lettering or the numbers on the back look amazing. They've got white with a red shadow, same with the lettering. But it's basically like cursive just says jersey on the front. If you're not from New Jersey, it kind of sucks. But if you are a Jersey native and you're a Devils fan, I can see that being the best thing ever because one of their big branding things right now, anytime anything happens with the Devils, the governor of New Jersey is like the first person commenting on it or showing up at events. So there's a very big back and forth there, even with the entire state. But for non-New Jersey living fans it's kind of a it feels like a slap in the face yeah i mean when i if you haven't seen it then and you're listening to this podcast or listening to us on the radio um i don't understand how you haven't it's been everywhere uh the memes are fantastic at least but i'm not a big fan of it because it's it's missed out on just such a simple opportunity. I saw someone shortly after the image was released uh, publicly because it was accidentally leaked, but then they eventually released it publicly. Um, and as the memes started to roll in, somebody added in just two little red devil horns above the word Jersey. And I was like, "That there you go. That fixes it. Now it is the New Jersey Devils, whereas right now it just says Jersey. It could be literally any sports team whatsoever in New Jersey. There's nothing unique to it that makes it the Devils, except for like this tiny hint of red. But even then, that's it's not enough. And then any, there are a bunch of things, but they are like hidden. For example, in the collar has the three Stanley Cup years, but you can't see that if you're looking. There's something to do with the, the actual amount of stripes on the jersey. But if you don't know then you don't know. I, I'm i trying to be a fan of it because I have wanted a black alternate New Jersey Devils jersey for a long time. It's just so tough for me as somebody living in southwestern Ontario. Mind you, any hockey fan will know exactly what team it is if they've seen anything on this. So it, it has that going for it. It's almost like the, the gritty effect. Everybody will know just because of the fact that it's so out there. Yeah. If that makes sense. No, you're not wrong. But, I mean, I kind of ran into the exact same situation when Colorado showed off their, their away jerseys. And they filled in the, the numbers with that, that weird baby blue and making them look like the uh, the Houston... Texans, or no, not the Texans. I can't remember. The, the Houston Oilers the Houston from way Oilers. back when in the NFL. Yes, that's what it was. So the Houston Oilers. Um, and 
one of my favorite players in the NHL, and I mean, I think I've mentioned this a few times, is Darcy Kemper. So I was really excited to get an away jersey, Darcy Kemper, to complete my collection of the Colorado Avalanche jerseys, because I have all their major ones, including the uh, reverse retro from last year. And then I saw the blue and I was like, oh, oh no, I don't like it. <laughs> and I tried so hard to like it. I really, really did. But every single time I see it, it just, uh, it just feels like they, you can hear the whiff of the bat missing the ball. They just, they were so close to getting it right. And they just were like, let's add this extra little bit and screw everything up. Well, at least for you, you're not locked into that for three years because for those not in the know, your third alternates, I don't know why it's three years, but your alternate, when it's approved, it's locked in for three years. So the Devils have that one. Uh, they're going to wear it for 13 games this season. The reason why they said is Nico Heischer, his number's 13. He's the captain of the team. The first one comes up in like two weeks from now. So who knows? Maybe as we see it on the ice and all that, I... <sighs> I want a Jack Hughes jersey. I was hoping to get one of the third alt. I just don't know if in southwestern Ontario, if in London, I want to walk around with a shirt that just says jersey, unless the memes are going to be true from the devil's Twitter account itself. That will be the matching hat that says hat. I mean, if they make the playoffs, then at least you can be like, you know, make fun of me all you want. But my team somehow made it into the playoffs and we were not expected to. But, and I mean, if we make it past the first round, it's an even bigger like, ha! Yeah, See? exactly. You can laugh at any Leafs fan at that point because they're not making it past the first round. Though I will say, um, PK Subban uh, earlier today actually tweeted them out. There are special edition shoes that are going to be auctioned off that are of the same style as this that are teamed up with Adidas. Those look really good. Yeah, with the striping, that'll look really good. Um, but you mentioned PK Subban. We all, I think, can't remember if we've chatted about it on here, but it, what, we've at what's, least... What's his new nickname again in the NHL? Isn't it P.K. Sluban? Yeah, yeah. P.K. Sluban. So there's been a rising amount of suspension-worthy calls that aren't getting suspensions. And, I mean, we're seeing suspensions happen in the NHL with horrific plays that are happening, like... The incredibly dangerous place but we're just seeing these tiny slaps on the wrist of oh you know what you took out a player pk suban for the entire year with your slew foot which is a, an illegal trip where a person deliberately throws their leg out and trips them well b before you fully that one even if you ask the fans of the other team that one is that one great. of those ones that's a bit of a freak accident but yes he's already been find i believe twice this year as of recording uh the first one i believe was five thousand i know the second one was fifteen thousand mm -hmm. dollars but he makes 9.5 million a year you want to do the math that would be like for an average person being like uh a i just tins. found a toonie on the ground yeah that's like one uh, oh, coffee oh no i i just potentially took somebody out for a year it just cost me a, a coffee that's one of those things. I know it's locked into the CBA that they have to start doing less of fines and more of even a game suspension. Because for some of those players, a game suspension could be worth 50, 60, 70, up to like $200,000. Um, an example, I sent you 
This one was somehow only a fine. It was between the Winnipeg Jets and the Columbus Blue Jackets. Alex Texier of um, the Columbus Blue Jackets scores the empty net goal. Josh Morrissey in anger. Basically, baseball swings his stick, hits Texier in the leg, goes flying. It's it's very vicious looking. Like It looks like Barry Bonds is trying to swing for the fences in the middle of like the 80 home run saga I, that was happening. I can't believe... That. And it was five thousand dollars, not yeah. a suspension. Ugh. It's it's ridiculous. And I mean, uh, a baseball swing happened to the head in the Avalanche game, uh, where he um, I can't remember. I think it was against Newhook as well, or at least a, a yeah. A it was Alex Newhook who got uh, hit by it. Yeah. So a, a young kid just starting out in the league and wasn't really he really didn't do anything bad, um, and he just gets wailed in the head by Tucker Poolman. With a stick, and then the next time that they play him, he's back on the ice. Like, he's already, like, that doesn't make any sense to me. Yeah, it's one of those weird, and then the NHL saying, we're going to crack down more on cross-checking this year. And they did for, like, the first, maybe, two weeks. And since then, you watch, it's it's the same thing back to last year. Uh, look at McDavid, because he, he was 17 games in a row. Uh, they lost to Dallas, he didn't get a point. And then the very next game, he's obviously starting another streak again. The goal that he gets after he scores the goal gets cross-checked in the neck. His head goes off the crossbar. And there was nothing from that. There was a little bit of a scuffle after. But it's like, to me, I don't care if that is McDavid or if it's whoever on whatever team. That happened exactly the same thing except for it wasn't to the neck. It was to the numbers. He was cross-checked headfirst into the post. That happened in last year's playoffs as well. The NHL has a problem, and it's not just protecting their star players. It's protecting all of their players. And we're getting to a point where fans who are younger like you and I, we can kind of remember back to that when it was like you look at old highlights of like Solani, and there's literally players dragging off of them. Yeah. That, to me, I don't like seeing. I want to see the players taking advantage of the speed, not worried about, well, if this player is uh, is coming up with speed, uh, there's about a 50-50 chance that he could end up really hurting himself because, you know, the defender, they're not going to defend. They're going to, they're not going after the puck. It's, it's almost like, well, I don't care if I get a two-minute penalty. I'm going to stop this goal. Whereas, it's, it, I don't know what the NHL has to do at this point, but it's, I've, I feel like the argument has gotten a lot bigger than, it's you can't just be protecting the stars because, like as you said, Newhook gets a baseball bat swung style. Uh, you had Texier having that. It's every single like every single day the NHL PR account is tweeting out like seven or eight suspensions. They're all five grand, even if a player's making league min. That's well, that's nothing. not a suspension. That's a fine. At or that a, point. a fine. Sorry. Yeah, and like. Tucker, I think it was Tucker Poolman, um, the one that did the baseball swing to New Hook's head, uh, he got one game. And it's just like, that's a vicious attack. His wasn't as uh, Two vicious. games, sorry. Oh, was it a two game? Yeah, it was uh, okay. two games. I, for, okay. for high sticking. Yeah, so, I, like, I understand that the rule book is difficult to to call by at times especially in the heat and speed of the game with this the game speeding up it's it's hard to see those things happen live i get it the refs have a very difficult job but two games for a deliberate swing to the head or even a swing to the shin i don't know what uh 
what uh, amount he's going to get for that awful hit. But it's just not enough. It's it, That is a malicious attack. Just to correct something, we're both wrong on the Avs player. It was Kiefer Sherwood. Ah, Sherwood. So he's also so a then, younger player. Yeah, so then here's the difference. So because... Um, Tucker Pullman was suspended two games. You've heard us talk about $5,000 as the maximum fine in the CBA for some situations. Sometimes it's 2500 He, uh, Tucker Pullman, ends up having to forfeit $25,000 in U.S. salary instead. Start throwing out suspensions instead of these fines when it's bad if you want players to stop doing things. Or if you're going to fine them, fine them an, an amount of money that actually is something that's bigger than just a little bit. I know $25,000. They can't, though, because of the collective bargaining agreement. That's the issue. I know. And there's a new one coming up, and it may only change if there's a a new strike in the NHL, which nobody wants to see. But something's got to give. And, like, the fact... I I believe we talked about this. The fact that Crosby basically... Threw a uh, body Judo flipped a guy and got nothing for it, like... That's how you know it's getting bad when you've got players like Crosby doing that and nothing happens. Well, Everybody was like, yeah. You'd yeah. be mad. I'd be mad if, like, here I am and I'm dragging bodies behind me, like you said, that, that Solani was doing, and they're not calling anything. Or if, you know, you get a, you know, slashed in the face or slashed in the shin or, like, your face busts open because of a malicious attack and they're just or like... Or Marner Whoa. has lost four teeth this year and yeah. I think only one of them has been called and haven't... Weren't they all... Like high stickings, and only one has been called. Yeah. Because the refs are like, "Oh, well, look at that! There's a fan that's got a a funky jersey on. I'm not gonna look at the ice." The yeah, NHL the jersey, is like jersey. the MLB. Yeah, the NHL is like the MLB. They have to put in. They they have to do more with robotic refs, robotic umps. They like yes, put it's a, a very fast outside. game. Like they technology exists now that it should take AI a split second to determine something instead of them having to do a five minute call to determine we're going off on a tangent on this but it's it's a big deal like because you, you've got this weird duality of things where you're not making any calls on any of the star players and then you know everyone's saying we're seeing McDavid in his peak but you know Crosby we missed out on that and like I'm not a big Crosby fan because of the way that he handled the Memorial Cup here in London um but and like you know I'm petty but <laughs> um, hey we won you know we won but and that's why I didn't like it because he was just kind of a you know a crybaby about the fact that he lost but anyways um it's just it doesn't make any sense that you're not going to protect these stars because you look at Crosby and we were robbed of his peak time because of the amount of injuries that he was in and I know they've gotten better but at the and same time and he still time, put up like almost record breaking at the time amount of points totally but McDavid is going to get hurt again like you look Giordano at, already did it once yeah Giordano almost ended his career if you want to go, like, the PCL is a the, the thing that he tore in the back of his knee, the muscle there. That is that is crucial for any human to just stand, let alone skate at the velocity that he's doing. So there, there was that documentary uh, that they did uh, a couple years back that was incredible, kind of outlining his rehabbing back. But still, like, that could have been a career-ending injury, and then we never would have seen this. But... You know what? He got, what, probably two minutes? Probably didn't even get a fine. I can't even remember if he got fined. I can't remember with that one. But, yeah, the NHL, they've... This is something that, listening to a lot of different 
analysts and podcasts, and especially with all the stuff that's been going on with the Blackhawks organization, the I think the only way we're going to see this change is with the change at the helm, and that means Bettman going, but will that happen in the next little while? Who knows? I do want to uh, jump back to McDavid, though, if you don't mind. Yeah, Because we were talking about him with that. Uh, um, so, luckily, we are seeing him in... if Like, he is breaking records, doing things that haven't been done since, like, the 80s or 90s. Um, he is the fourth fastest player in NHL history to get 400 assists. Yeah. There, and... there are certain things like that I didn't think we would ever see in our lifetime because I, I hear from my dad. He used to watch Gretzky in Edmonton, and he was like, it, it's, it's unreal, and we're seeing a player that is essentially, he is so much better than everybody else. And he's doing things that haven't been able to be done since, like, Mario and Yager were destroying the league. Or Gretzky was just like, this is my ice. Yeah, and it's it's just kind of showing that he is what everybody likes to say, the next generation of hockey. With every single young player coming into the game, there's somehow every single one of them is the next generation of hockey. Um, McDavid actually is. Um because that's what Gretzky did. Gretzky made everyone on the ice around them look silly and stupid. Because he was so good. He was... On, he, there's a reason he has the title of uh, the great one. I almost said McJesus. Because that's what the internet... <laughs> Wrong player. That's what the internet has dubbed uh, McDavid. But, um, it, like, Gretzky was unbelievably talented like i love going back and just looking at some of the highlights and stuff like hopping on youtube and just putting them on just to see the way that he just was making the entire league look foolish and that's what mcdavid is doing right now we've seen two goals where he has gone up against more than half of the players on the opposing team on the ice and he puts it in the net like they're not even there it's unreal what he's able to do when he shut down, he shut down hard. You look what Miro Heiskanen did in that one game when they played Dallas and they ruined his point streak from April. But, you know, if you know how to play against him and you have another generational talent like Miro Heiskanen, like, I don't like Dallas because West Coast, but he is fantastic at his job. He is not so much the goal scorer that they need, but he is the absolute defensive shutdown person that he they, he, they pay him for. Heiskanen is one of those players that if he was in the East, and when I'm saying that, basically like Pittsburgh up to about Detroit area with Toronto included, if he's on one of those teams, he is one of the faces that you see on every single NHL ad that exists. Absolutely. Like if he played with Pittsburgh, I would hate to play Pittsburgh. I don't know why. When you said Pittsburgh and just the thought of him on that team, it like him made and Latang my... on the same team would Ugh. be just unfair. It made the hair on my arm stand up. Like I just <laughs> did not like that at all. Ugh. Ugh. And then you look at a teammate of McDavid jumping back to him. How can you not talk about Drysidle right now? My favorite thing is every single time he's doing a press conference after a game. You have to remember he's German, so the German humor is just fantastic. They're they're asking him all these things like, "So you're gonna score 82 and 82?" He's like, "Really." You think I'm going to do that? But then somebody brings up, what are your thoughts on 50 and 50? And you can see the like the smirk. And that's something that for a couple years in the NHL, there's been a few players that have kind of sniffed at it, maybe a tiny bit, like for the first few games of the season. But I can't remember the last time we saw somebody with 20 goals in 19 games. Yeah, that is 
that's something. And I mean, it sucks. <laughs> it sucks that it's for Edmonton uh, because uh, I mean, I've talked about this before. I don't like watching their games because. You know, you just know they're going to blow out the team or they're going to get blown out. Or they're going to get heiskened. Yeah, exactly. Um, but, no, he's incredible. Um, he he really, truly is uh, not carried by McDavid, which is amazing. Like, I mean, yes, on the power play, they work so well together and all of that, but he has his own line. And he's able to run his own line. And he's able to put up the points with or without McDavid. And that that really does show that he is just as good, if not better, than most of, or probably 99% of the entire league. The only player that I would say that like might be classified as better than him is literally his teammate. And that that sucks for anybody. <laughs> go, I just, ugh. You, you want to share the wealth. Give, give them to Arizona. You know, those poor people that are no longer in the bottom of the standings. Yeah, that's a whole other thing. Well, looking at Dreisaitl quick, this is this is how you know a player is at an unreal caliber of player. 40 points, 20 goals, 20 assists. Yes. And then, of course, Edmonton's power play is breaking records this year. He's got 10 power play goals, 16 power play points. He's even got a shorthanded goal. So he's kind of all over the ice. It's I honestly... He's one of those weird players that you watch, too, because it seems like he shouldn't be able to do the things that he does, but it just somehow manages to work out for him. Yeah, the the talent is real. Um, I mean, with McKinnon out, I highly doubt that we're going to be seeing him doing any kind of heart run or anything like that, which is unfortunate. You know, I was really hopeful that this was going to be his year, but... On the other side of things, boy, am I glad that McKinnon is out and is not going to be able to do a heart run this year. Because even if he put every single ounce of his body into his game this year, he wouldn't be able to do what uh, McKinnon, or not McKinnon, what McDavid and Dreisaitl are doing. They are unstoppable unless you're Miro Heiskanen. And that's going to be an interesting thing, just looking ahead at the heart, because obviously they're, when you take Taylor Hall out of it, they're the winners the last little while. Is it going to be a situation where the writers are going to end up splitting them and then somebody sneaks in? You just, you never really know with that situation what's going to happen. Um, then just a, a quick nod a little south of Edmonton, Calgary is, um, they're the real deal. Yeah, uh, again, damn it. Um, <laughs> I don't know. I just, I just have this. Uh, bias against the teams there. I know that it's, I see them a lot more uh, with the Avalanche and uh, and everything like that. But even still, like uh, I, I know that we haven't seen the battle for Alberta yet. Uh, not this year, um, or have we? I don't think we have. I can't remember. I will look that up really quick. <laughs> but even still. Um, now it's actually going to be a different type of battle for Alberta, and it is going to be a, you know, can you beat Markstrom and Darth Vladar? Um, One or... game. It was uh, the second game of the season, and Edmonton won 5-2 against Calgary. Okay, so there you go. So they were able to put up five points, but you've got the tandem of Markstrom and Vladar that are putting up numbers that are just simply astounding. 
like that they have more shutouts this year than they did I think both of them combined last year and we're what 20 maybe 22 games in for them that's crazy uh there was something what was it uh I saw the stat I actually sent it to my neighbor who's a big Flames fan it was they had seven shutouts in their first 19 games that is an NHL that has never been seen in the NHL uh, since the forward pass has been allowed. So I believe it was 1926. That just goes to show, like, Calgary, if they're going to win, you're not going to score, which is obviously the best way to win. I don't know. Which then, which then leads to the question, was the North underrated last year by everybody who said the North was the worst division in hockey? No, they were overrated this year. Um, I don't know if anybody remembers the start of the year when everybody kind of started off pretty hot. All of the Canadian teams, for the most part, started off on a pretty good foot. And all of a sudden, all the journalists and everything were just like, is the North Division the real deal? I can tell you right now, no. Um, They are not. They have a handful of good teams. But when you actually look at them, no, they're not that good. They're completely overrated. I mean, I'm a big fan. For some reason, I like Ottawa. I don't know why. Um, maybe it's just because I feel bad for them. I just, you know, I feel like they've, they've been... I mean, they also gave me a lot of really good players in a really bad trade. So I can't really uh, complain too much about them. But even still, you look at the standings, and yes, you've got Toronto, you've got Calgary, and you've got Edmonton. They are literally, as of recording this right now, but up against each other. So they're... Four, the five, and six in the league. In the league, four, five, and six. And then you have to scroll a bit. Then you get Winnipeg that are just doing their mediocre selves that they like to be. And then you keep scrolling, keep scrolling, keep scrolling. And there's Vancouver. There's Montreal. And there's Ottawa. Ottawa 27, is... 30, and 32. The teams in Canada. So Vancouver... Montreal and Ottawa have a total of 15 wins between the three of them. Toronto oh. has 14. That yeah, is that's bad. They average out to being like middle of the league though. Yeah, it's it's you you look at everything that happened and I just I can't say that the North Division was good. They weren't good because Everything was over-indexed. You had three good teams, and that's about it. And then you had Winnipeg that was just doing their weird selves. And then the Canadians that weren't good and then just somehow made it to the to the end because they were built for the playoffs. And The Canadians only made the playoffs because the Vancouver Canucks and Calgary frame, Flames went, no you, no, you take the spot. No, you take the spot. And Montreal went, hi, Carey Price is back. And then they made the playoffs. Yeah, exactly. Like... You, you look at the bottom teams of Ottawa, Montreal, uh, Vancouver, and Winnipeg for the most part because they're sitting in the middle at about 14th, 15th, and all four of them do not look good. They don't. You watch them play, and they just they look tired. Every single one of them. Like, the Canadians cannot get anything working together. I mean, Ottawa, unfortunately, like... It really is tough for them. They they had that breakout of COVID throughout the team. That's they're not, still dealing with it. Yeah, that's not an easy thing to get through. They're also like they're shorter on games played in comparison to Arizona, who somehow made it past them. So like they might be able to make it back up, but they're on a losing tear. 
They are not doing well. The Canadians are not doing well. Vancouver, we've talked about them. They're doing terrible. Oh. Well, Vancouver, that's it's. we talked about it last week at length. But since then, you know how we were like, yeah, uh, Benning's got to go. Green's got to go. They're, they're still doing nothing. Absolutely nothing. And apparently now it's being reported out of Vancouver by like the biggest Vancouver Canucks talk show that there is a massive split in that dressing room between the young players and the veterans. And that is the worst case scenario. That is, it's just going to add more fuel. They still have, everybody knows Travis Green will not be sticking around. Why is he still running your practices? Why is, how is he still employed? How? I feel like if they knocked on my door and said, hey, can you coach? I'd be like, I don't know. They like they have a better <laughs> chance with me behind the net because I'd be like, hey, guys, what do you guys want to do? Okay, go for it. And I feel like the team would at least come together to, you know, do better as a team because they've got an idiot behind the bench. But they've got Give an it idiot. to Bo. Okay, good job. They've got an idiot behind the bench right now. Like, I'm sorry. There's so much talent on that team. And he he can't even string together two wins? Come on. Like, you've got to... There's, there's something wrong, and it starts with the coaching. Plain and simple. Like, I know, obviously, uh, the, the players are equally at fault for not winning the games. It's not all on the coach. I'm aware of this. But at the same time, like, you've got to make a change. That's why they put in the goalie, or they put in the backup if they're getting blown out in a game. Shake it up. Change it up. The goalie clearly isn't working. Swap them out put in the backup, and let's see if the team can rally and come back. It's happened before. So why not? Why are they still letting this bleed happen? They've got this gaping wound, and they're just like, it's fine. We'll just put a single Band-Aid over our arm that's missing. Like, Ignore the leprosy. It's just unreal how they're just okay with this. It's, liter- it's literally the meme of the dog sitting in the house that's on fire, and... They're the dog going, this is fine. Taking a (laughs) sip of his coffee, pretending like nothing's wrong, and then he eventually melts. And that's what's going to happen. It's going to happen to Vancouver if they don't do something very, very soon. Like, within the next week, it's too late. And then you're going to have this, you've already mentioned, there's a division within the team. You're going to have even further division, and then people are going to be asking to leave. And that is the worst thing you can do for Vancouver. Well, and as we're talking about this, articles are starting to come out of Vancouver from people that are a heck of a lot smarter than us. Uh, We were talking about the divide between the veterans and the young players. Now it's basically the call of you have to get rid of JT Miller. He's one of the big veterans that is going up against Bo Horvat. Uh, They're saying if if JT Miller is not traded out, that's going to cause even more issues for this organization going forward because of that split. And, I mean, there's already the rumors that Bo has said, when my contract is up in two years, I'm gone. Which is And you talk to people that are Vancouver Canucks fans, they they already think that that's going to happen even if everything gets fixed. I mean, I'm wondering if this JT Miller situation is a Taylor Hall situation in New Jersey, where you've got one player that's doing everything for the team, pretty much putting up all the points, Unfortunately, they're not winning like uh, New Jersey did. So here he is. He's earning his contract for the next team he's going to go to pretty much. But he's clearly the poison on the team. 
Yeah, it's it's one of those weird situations. And who knows? Maybe he's he's currently their best forward that they have. Maybe he's one of those pieces that goes somewhere else. You get something back. You just do a straight-up hockey trade with another team that has a player that they need to get rid of that's kind of playing well. It can Sometimes it can be one of those things. But at the same time, if you're a Vancouver Canucks fan, you don't want a single trade to be a fix because that's, that's just putting a Band-Aid, as you said, on a gaping wound. There's still the other issue of like almost a decade of the same GM not getting fired for trying to repeat what happened when they lost in the Stanley Cup Finals. They're trying to go back to that. It hasn't worked. What's the definition of insanity, Pat? Do you know it? Uh, doing the same thing over and over, expecting different results. And that is the definition of the Vancouver Canucks right now. Experience Vancouver Canucks hockey. Not good. But we're going to talk. We, we talked about how JT Miller is the sort of, I, I kind of see him as the person going around with a knife. And he's the one causing these wounds. So if you remove that and bring in somebody that, you know, is the happy puppy like a Jack Campbell sort of thing um, into the team, great for morale. Would that be a fix? So one player could be the fix. When you think about it, you come in, you've got a really, really good, solid person. Somebody that's going to prop Horvat up. He's your captain. Give him that confidence to be the captain, to lead the team. And just be that locker room cheerleader. Even if they're a fourth liner, it doesn't matter. If they did that swap and they brought in someone like that, do you think that could change the team? At least to not be scraping the barrel like they are right now. I think the coach is still a big part of it because in all of this, uh, we don't know which way the coach is lying. Maybe the coach is siding more with the veterans or with the the younger players. So there's that's still a major issue at play. We obviously don't know everything that goes on. We just get snippets on Twitter from reporters that can hear literally the players getting in screaming matches on the ice and also yelling at the coaching staff. It's a train wreck happening in slow motion in front of us. And it's just unfortunate that it's for a team that has so many stars and all of their stars are just playing like they forgot how to skate. I mean, the one thing I'm really excited for is the documentary that's going to be coming out in about four years. And it'll be like how Vancouver went wrong. And it'll just be like a whole <laughs> how bunch Vancouver of... turned things around. And that would we know that that's that's probably how it will happen. It'll be. Yeah. One player comes in. He's got the magic beans and. Yep. Ta-da! Vancouver just goes, they win 15 games in a row. Yeah. If I'm right on this one and I'm wrong on everything else, it's going to be really sad. I mean, yeah. But when you talk about magic beans, I think we need to talk about the magic beans that Nazem Kadri has found in his offseason. What in the hell is happening in Colorado? Um, I know it's a contract year for Naz. Oh, and he's going to earn money. Um, But... Not only is he leading the Avalanche in points right now, there's also the fact that he is just a few points behind Connor McDavid. He is fourth in the league in points currently. Obviously, uh, you don't have your number one center. He's currently injured, so Naz has kind of stepped up. He is looking like the player that every Leaf fan thought they were going to get when he was drafted from the London Knights. He was obviously very good for the Leafs at what he did, but then he'd get suspended every single year, and that trend has actually pretty much continued. But he's finally 
it's it's just all coming together. It's it's like the magic of Kadri is is there. Everything is clicking. It's great to see. I I am still a huge Kadri fan. Obviously, he's a Londoner. Um, he still does a lot of great stuff in and around the city. But when he succeeds, it's fun to watch. He's just he's one of those players that when he's happy, if it's not against your team, you're just like, hey, hey. It's it's like the Paul Rudd meme. Look at us. Look at us. I mean, he's he's on the lips of most of Twitter, uh, at least hockey Twitter, uh, year round. Anytime there's a suspension, the joke of and hey, Nazem Kadri gets five games for <laughs> Sidney Crosby throwing someone into the boards. And um, the New York Rangers have been fined two hundred and fifty thousand dollars. Yeah, exactly. Um, but no, it's it's interesting to watch him because he doesn't look any different. That's the part that's confusing to me. When I've been watching him play, he's still a little sloppy with his hands. He's always been a little sloppy when he when he enters the the offensive zone. He kind of bobbles it. He doesn't look great. He always looks like he's a little uncomfortable, almost like he doesn't. He looks like he shouldn't be the one bringing the puck in. Almost is is usually what it feels like. His passes aren't the crispest things in the world. He's, he's not making any incredible plays. Name one goal that you've seen him make. I I don't think there is one. It's just one of those, there are certain players, and here's a great example. Uh, his name is Leon Dreisaitl. He is always in the right place at the right time, and it seems like Kadri's finally got that back. He's like, hey, if I'm here at this moment, and I can just kind of inch back that tiny bit to make space. It's, yeah, as you said, there's no discernible difference when you watch him on the ice. But for whatever reason, he is fourth in the league right now in points. And, I mean, He's got the longest streak as of recording right now. He currently has the longest point streak in the league. Like, not Connor McDavid, not Leandro Eisidel, Nazem Kadri. This couldn't have happened for your Avalanche at a better time because they're now 10-5-1. They're 8-1-1 in their last 10. I'm pretty sure they were uh, in their last 10 when we had first talked about you going more gray. (laughs) They were a 500 hockey team. Since then, it's been on an unreal tear, and it's, it's almost one of those things like with the Leafs. If the big four don't score, then the Leafs don't win, and right now it's basically, well, if Naz can score or get points... We're going to win. You're getting goaltending as well, which helps. Well, so actually, we're not really getting that great of goaltending, which is confusing because uh, Darcy Kemper is a very good goaltender, but he's not doing very well. Um, but the Well, it helps if your skate stays on your foot. Well, yeah, there's that. And like we'll probably talk about, you know, skate gate shortly. But um, the one thing that I've been noticing is that uh, how much of an impact Val Nachushkin has on the team. So he was out with an injury um, for a few weeks because um, he needed, I can't even remember if it happened in game or if it was off ice, but he was out. And I didn't think it was that big of a loss until he came back. And he literally, the first game he was back, he scored the first goal in the game. He's not a big points getter, but he is grindy he goes into the corners which is super important he's big like you notice him on the ice and he is fast 
That's why they call him the train. Um, he's just, <laughs> he's such a solid player and he's just all around good. He creates these chances or he at least takes these shots that are just tricky for the goaltender. Not, he doesn't score on a lot of them, but he makes the goaltender work for their save. And because they have to work to save it, it then opens up these opportunities or it makes the goalie shaky. His presence on the ice is fantastic. I, I can see why everyone was so excited when Nuke showed up and was like so pumped. He was drafted originally by the Dallas Stars. He was supposed to be this incredible young player, and he's kind of coming into his own now, thankfully, on the abs. And, I mean, incredible young player on the abs. We, you can't ignore McCarr. He was out for oh. a bit as well, and he... You watch him he was out for a bit, but he's still near the top of defensemen for scoring. Like, he... Everybody looks at, well, Adam Fox is just being Adam Fox again, which is unreal. Yep. Quinn Hughes gets a lot of love, but I think at least this year, the McCarr versus Hughes argument, it's not even close. No. Until the next Hughes comes into the league, and then you and I can argue with each other. Yeah, exactly. You know, we're, we're looking at the wrong Hughes here. But, uh, no, McCarr, um, with McKinnon out, the one thing that I think I even mentioned it to you, I just said, as long as McCarr does what McKinnon does on the power play, the abs are okay. And that's 100% what he's been doing. He goes to that same top of the circle where McKinnon likes to sit, very much like Ovi. Um, they don't have the shot like Ovi. I don't think anybody's going to have the shot. The fact that he can that's, literally... That's a one-of-a-kind shot. He just stands still. Like, you watch him on the power play, and it's like he's not even on the ice. He's Everybody knows where he is. He doesn't move, but he vanishes. It makes no sense. It's. I think my favorite part about Washington games is watching their power play because he just stands there with his arms like not even like ready for a shot. They're just down, holding the stick. He's like, all right, the puck will come to me, and I'll put it in the net. He's just so casual about it. Well, that's more of last year Ovechkin. This year Ovechkin, he, like, he's putting up assists like he never has before. He's changed his game because his breakfast buddy isn't there. Uh, Backstrom, for that's... That's a whole other thing. That commercial's amazing, by the way. Yes. Um, like, Makar, between Makar and Kadri, they are making up for the fact that the two supposed forward stars on your team are not performing, and you're missing the star on your team. So you're, it's it's <laughs> working out for Colorado. And hey, I've said this to you in the past. It's one of those things. If the Avs can get through the season, every team's going to have injuries. If they can play well without McKinnon or without Landis Cog or without Rantanen and they can still put up the wins, that bodes well as you get towards the playoffs. And you'd much rather see this happening, oh, I don't know, in November compared to when your star player gets injured in March or April. So I know that that's usually the argument of, oh, it's better to get the injury bug out of the way right at the beginning. I don't think it is. Um I would rather my my team be healthy. If they get hurt, like, at the, yeah. Well, if they get hurt at the start of the season, you know they're not a hundred percent coming back on the ice. They're coming back earlier than they should be, and then you hear about these surgeries in the off season. It's like, oh yeah, he had to get his skull replaced. Uh, you know. <laughs> You know, he's missing, you know, four of his, you know, fingers. So we had to put those back on, you know, like these surgeries that are just ridiculous. And it's all from injuries that happen early in the season. Very rarely in the playoffs are like these are nagging injuries that either get re-aggravated throughout the season or in the playoffs. Or they just, you know, they never heal properly. But sometimes 
your team rallies around it and you go eight, one and one in your last 10. So it's, it's a, it's a tough balance. It's a tough scale to look at. Um, I mean, I can, I can say the exact same thing about the New Jersey devils. When Jack Hughes went down, everybody was like, well, New Jersey is going to be bottom of the league. That, that hasn't been the case. Mind you, we're still sixth in the Metro, um, which also puts us just outside of a playoff spot because the Metro still doesn't make any sense. The Devils, put it this way, the Devils are 11th overall in the league. They're sixth in their division. They're not that is how un... Yeah. No, they're 21st. In points right now, the Devils are 11th... Oh, sorry, in the conference. You are correct on that one. Okay, That okay. makes more sense. I was like, okay... <laughs> They're still up there, though. They still have at least they still have games in hand, except for on um, the Islanders. I was I was gonna do a thing on the Islanders, but that that poor team they've yeah. lost seven in a, they've lost seven in a row. That's that's a whole other beast. Um, just speaking of Hughes, quick while I continue on my Devils thing. Apparently, he is. So we're recording Friday. He flew with the team to Nashville. They play Nashville at six o'clock p.m. He was practicing with a non-contact jersey. There is a slight, slight chance that Jack Hughes returns. Now the question becomes, does he come back looking good? Some players can come back from injury and they don't miss a step or they look better. Some players come back and it looks real rough. So fingers crossed. We'll we'll see what happens with that one because the Devils have one of the hottest rookies in the league essentially carrying this team right now mm-hmm. in Dawson Mercer. They just picked up. Um, funny story. Re-picked so three up. of three of three of the players that Seattle uh, drafted at the expansion draft are back on their original team, and the latest being Nathan Bastian is back with the New Jersey Devils. He's going to slot in on that fourth line, and you know what? Every fourth line needs is a big six foot plus pound guy that's two hundred plus pounds that just goes into the corner and goes, "Yeah, you're not getting that puck." Yeah. Um... But back to Hughes, though, as much as it's great to see Bastion back and Mercer stepping up, because that's really what he did, is he, he stepped up. Um, but Hughes, I'm a little concerned with him, and I know I said the exact same thing at the start of the season when he was coming in hurt, and I was like, oh, we'll see. Um, and then he, you know, made me look stupid. Um, I'm, I am concerned about this one, though, because it's his shoulder. Um, and... I mean, I'm in no way an athlete. I'm kind of whatever the opposite of an athlete is. That's what I am. <laughs> um, and I broke my collarbone uh, snowboarding. And it is, it took me months to get better. I think his was a dislocated shoulder. So a little yeah. bit of a different situation. But that's still, the, the shoulder is such a key part in in the hockey player. Like, well, I mean, every single thing in the human body is kind of a key part. But it's just... I, that'll I be the that'll be the interesting <sighs> thing to see is if he does come back, I hope he's not like okay right away he's going to be getting those twenty minutes. It'll probably be protecting him a little bit. Yep. They might put him with a bit of a bruiser just to to make sure that everything stays fine. But fingers crossed. If you we can think back on this podcast, I looked ahead at their games and said if they can go five hundred without Jack Hughes here, that is amazing. They have been an above 500 team without their best player. They got their goalie back during that because he finally, his heel issue uh, got fixed. He finally got his uh, vaccination. So, mind you, who's ahead of us right now? Pittsburgh, Columbus, New York, Washington, Carolina. Uh, Hopefully the wild card uh, 
isn't too bad this year and the Devils can sneak in. I it's been a it's been a while. Even when Hall was going on that crazy point streak and the Devils made in the playoffs that year, I haven't been this excited for the New Jersey Devils in a long time. In a long time. Yeah. No, they they look really good. Um I know a lot of people were counting them out, so that in itself is also really nice to see. Um, because, I don't know, I have a soft spot for teams like that. Like, you, in baseball, you look at the San Francisco Giants. They Like, every analyst at the start of the season was like, this is going to be a dumpster fire. Ignore them. And then they were the first team to make it into the playoffs. So, you know, I love stories like that. Uh, it, it's just, it, it makes my heart warm. So it's kind of nice to see that New Jersey is kind of back on... Uh, I'm not going to say the words, but, you know, back on their BS. Um, so we are getting a little bit later in our recording here. So I think that we need to shift over into the game of the week. So Games, uh. Games, uh, because I've once again been a jerk and have chosen multiple games, but for good reason. But before we go into our picks for what we think the games of the week will be, it is going to be a look back on what we picked last week to see if we were right. And I think think we were both kind of right brian you can go first okay now i ended up picking your team if i remember correctly mm-hmm. as uh the game of the week take it was the um avalanche taking on the ducks that anaheim has looked unreal their their young players are looking good gets laugh and then the avs basically just went no they ended up winning 5-2 so if you're an avalanche fan that was a great game um Watching in, it was exciting. If you were hoping for a close game, no, that one wasn't it. But if you just wanted a fun game of hockey, I think I kind of nailed that pick, if we're being honest here. Yeah, no, that was a lot of fun. Uh, it was also really weird. A lot of weird stuff happened that game. Darcy Kemper lost his skate again. Uh, yeah, it's, it's a... That was the first goal. It's become a thing. Yeah, that was the first goal. There he is, like, trying to push himself back into the net because he went for, you know, tracking the puck, blows a blade, can't skate, and then they score, which, like, kind of sucks experience uh, <laughs> avalanche hockey Woo! and then uh then in comes Janssen or Johansson or one I can't remember how to pronounce his last name and I sincerely apologize but JJ comes in as the backup and he puts up incredible numbers which is not like him he's usually okay but the abs recalibrated and they looked great they played really well against him against a team like you said the ducks that were just hellishly good i was terrified to watch that game but i enjoyed every moment of it because we won um now i'm gonna shift into mine what i chose last week which was on sunday uh so shortly after this aired um the flames and bruins i thought that was gonna be a really solid matchup when it came to the talent on both teams and that was the Flames winning 4 nothing. So you got to see another Flames shutout uh, of them dancing on their head just to make everyone in the league look silly when it comes to uh, how many goals per game they're getting. But that was a good and the, game. Uh, and the surprise breakout star of the season named Andrew Mangiapane, who um, he, he's just scoring at will at this point, honestly. Yeah, the, that was... A really entertaining game. I watched that one as well. Um, you know, entertaining if you're not a Bruins fan. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I saw them on Twitter. They weren't happy. No, 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 they were not. Um, but no, that, I thought that was a pretty solid game. So, so we'll we'll jump to this week. Yeah. 
Um, so normally we're trying to do two, kind of one each. We've got three on the list this week. Um, we'll get to why there is three, um, but we'll go in uh, chronological here. So we'll start with the game on Tuesday. I'm putting this one in because it falls on my birthday. Uh, there's a good chance that Jack Hughes should be back. Uh, Bastion should be playing for the team. The Devils are playing the Sharks, who started off hot. They've kind of um, simmered off a little bit since, considering they were at one point like near the top of the Pacific. They're still 10-8-1 as of this point. That's one of those games that I'm hoping it's just it's just unfair. The Devils look super strong. They absolutely destroy them. They they go 7-3 like they did against Florida. I'm just putting that one in because the Devils game falls on my birthday, if I'm being honest. No, there's nothing wrong with being a homer on it uh, because I'm also going to be a homer, and I'm going to be choosing the Leafs versus the Avs on Wednesday, December 1st. So the first Avalanche and the first Leafs game in December. Um, that one legitimately is going to be a matchup to watch. Um, I feel like if there, like, there's a chance, like, people could even, like, while watching the game, call it, this could be the cup final sort of preview. Um, you've got the East, you've got the West, and they're going to be going head-to-head. Granted, McKinnon won't be back, but even still. Um, if I'm not mistaken, were you not at the last time the Avs and Leafs played in Toronto? Because of the pandemic? You might be right. Where, uh... I, the I last believe, game I saw them was Buffalo, so I watched. And them it was a Buffalo. and it was a comeback win for the Avalanche because I remember that the Leafs had gone up and then the Avs came back and won that one. Yeah, and, if I'm not mistaken, you were at that last one between these two in Toronto. So yeah, it, the the game I went to, Carl Soderberg got a hat trick, and uh, that was the game that Jake Gardner got booed. So I don't think it was that. I think that was the season before. That was 2018. So we've seen them. That was since. 2019, January 14th, 2019. Was it? Yes. Oh, yeah, because then, yeah, in 2020, I went to the Buffalo game, and it was just before, yeah, it was uh, February 3rd or February 2nd in Buffalo, so. That's a whole other tangent. I'll find out before Yeah, sorry, we're rambling uh... about things. Um, (laughs) Leafs abs. I think that'll be a really good matchup. You've got a couple players that are going to be out to prove themselves. You've got Kadri against his former team, trying to, you know, keep his streak alive. Hopefully it's still alive by then. Um, but then you also got on the other side, you've got Kerfoot. And I think that uh, the two of them bring completely different, but also very similar elements of their game to the teams that they play for. Uh, I think that'll be a really good matchup, even with McKinnon out of the lineup. I think that that'll be a hell of a game to watch. And then also on December 1st, the other game that I highly suggest. And uh, Just to... I did find it. They did have one more. It was in December, so December 4th of 2019. The Avs won that one as well. There you go. 3-1. So, Avs-Leafs, looks like the the stats are on my side, but they're not even playing in Toronto. They're playing in Colorado because the Leafs are... Yeah, Leafs are doing their West Coast trip. Uh, So that one is actually a 7.30 game, which is kind of nice. So I get to watch a game that doesn't go past 1 in the morning. Um... But the other game that I'm suggesting is also a 7.30 game. It's also December 1st, and that is going to be the Battle of the Bad. Yes, another Battle of the Bad. Vancouver. Someone eventually has to win. Vancouver versus Ottawa. Let's see what this dumpster fire rolling downhill, like when they collide at the base of the two hills. Let's see what happens. 
because there could be a chance that Ottawa is starting to get to this point too where by the time of this game, during this game, or after this game, uh, both head coaches are gone, potentially the general manager for Vancouver, potentially players on both sides. So it could be one of those things that both these teams, if they come in with a big losing streak, uh, one team beats the other, maybe that team that loses, it's like, well, now it's really time to blow it up. So um, if you if you like seeing things kind of... If, if you're a type of person that likes to rubberneck when there's a crash on the road, you can't stop and help but look at it, this is the game for you. I, I don't know. My gut tells me it's going to be just like, it's going to be, wa- I would rather watch the London Knights uh, against like Sarnia Sting. I feel like that would be a much, much better game in comparison to these two teams. They've got so much talent and they don't know how to use it is what it feels like. So it'll be fantastic to watch this entire masquerade that is what they like to call themselves as NHL teams. Uh, so that one is December 1st. Uh, the Leafs abs is December 1st and devil sharks is November 30th. So that's looking ahead coming for next week for the games that we'll definitely be following. Hey, who knows? Maybe you've done well following along with them yourselves and you've enjoyed a few of the games. Cause I think if we look back, they've all been relatively good games thus far. So uh, I think that's a good spot to wrap it up for the week, Pat. I don't know about you, a good spot to finish up with episode five. Oh, I mean, we could probably talk another 16 hours about uh, teams. I, I really do think that uh, the next one, we're going to have to talk a little bit more about the East and specifically the Columbus Blue Jackets. Okay, we'll, we'll save that one for next week. I, I think I kind of know where you want to go with that one. So I want to say thank you to everybody for tuning in to Ice Prep Podcast. You can find this, obviously, if you're listening. You know, we are on every major podcast network. Uh, our Instagram at its... Wait, that's mine. At Ice Prep Podcast. Same with Twitter. Same with TikTok. Same with YouTube. You can follow myself on Twitter at its Woodrow Pat. Yeah, you can follow me on Twitter at its... Oh, I, I hate I hate throwing <laughs> out my, my Twitter account because it's just a little bit weird to say. At... That Pat L. And don't forget, while you're there or when you're looking at the description of this podcast, click that link that says Movember. If you got a few extra bucks, throw it Pat's way, because by the time you listen to this, he will have, for some reason, uh, eaten a Carolina Reaper. So that's a thing. I still don't that you're missing for that. Don't worry. I'll describe every single moment of agony on our next episode. Um, but no, I'm looking forward to it. So yeah, if you want to donate, donate to mine, donate to any of the Movember campaigns. Um, let's try and, let's try and solve some stuff. Lincoln, that's enough.